Welcome to this mini-series called Sustainable Saturday with me, Bianca Foley. In today's episode of this mini-series, I'm chatting with Claudia Campbell, founder of Viable Beauty. Prior to starting the brand, her experience was in the digital space to help global retail brands achieve online growth and create better customer experiences across their platforms. Viable Beauty was started as a side hustle, keeping Claudia busy and sane throughout lockdown. And as a beauty lover, it's been a real passion project for her. She enjoys learning all about the impact of ingredients on both people and planet. Through building a brand like Viable, Claudia embarked on a personal journey to leading a more sustainable lifestyle with the aim to help educate others and give back to communities and causes impacted by climate change. So thank you so much for joining me, Claudia. Um, If you wouldn't mind giving us a little bit of insight into Viable and what led you to start it. Yeah, so um, Viable really started um, probably about two summers ago now, Um, although we're not counting last summer, so we'll just say one. Um, And it was actually, (laughs) yeah, it doesn't exist. We're not adding the years onto our age or anything. Um, And, you know, I kind of work with a lot of retailers in my day-to-day job, focused on online growth and creating a great digital customer experience. Um, And I think from working um, alongside these kind of fast fashion brands and things like that, you could just identify that there was a bit of a gap in a market for people like me who didn't really have a clue about sustainability. I feel, um, you know, it started to become a hot topic more this year. Again, like each year it's getting more exposure, but really for the majority of the population, it's still just a phrase like climate change, isn't it? And we don't really know where that um, impacts like directly in everyday aspects of our life. Um, and I think for me, beauty was just a really naturally easy one to start with. Um, I had no clue of like the impact that the products I were using had, anything like that. So my co-founder Tom and I kind of got together and we're like, you know, let's try and help people like me who have no clue. And if they were going to start looking for sustainable products, wouldn't even know where to begin. So we thought create a multi-brand retail company that allows people to have that like one-stop shop where, you know, if they're like, okay, I don't really have the time to go and read up on all these brands, but I'll just go to Viable and they will give me kind of like the knowledge I need, the products I know are good and sustainable and have a positive impact. So we're really just facilitating that journey for people. Um, and I think it's like hopefully gonna gonna really grow over the next couple of years. We live in a very very fast-paced society. Obviously not now. Everyone's at home. That we've learned to slow down. But yep. speaking, we're always on the go, and people don't have the time to sit down and do the research. So having somewhere where all of the information is here, all of the brands that you could possibly want are here, and you want your what you created essentially is a platform that allows people to come to you as the first point of call. That's what I think everybody needs as part of their sustainability journey. If you're looking to make those changes and you've got one place that does everything that you need, why would you not shop there? 
and it's like it's that isn't it it's like habit we're all stuck in our ways of you know the the retailers we've the brands we've purchased before and am i going to get a good experience with them and is it going to come in the usual time it's delivered in so i think if you have like a reliable one source it's easy to go back there time and time again and like that you almost don't need to do the research like great if you have the time but you know what you're getting when you come to a brand like us Exactly. Um, I've recently read that the beauty industry contributes 120 billion units of packaging a year, with shipping shipping alone accounting for over 1 billion tonnes of CO2 paper. First of all, those two stats literally blew my mind when I was doing some research and reading up on, on you guys and what it is that you do. And I was just like, I completely see why the beauty industry needs to change. How can existing brands, in your opinion, minimize their impact on the environment. Yeah, I know it is like scary figures when you actually dive into it. I think there's something nuts, like it's gonna be 35 um, empire state buildings of landfill in the next couple of years, um, which just puts it into like actual proportion, doesn't it? Um, really for brands, um, I think the the large focus, what I've seen in the industry is, is all on packaging. But there's so many more verticals to this and like packaging is probably the easiest thing to fix um like really when you when you look at um sustainable beauty you know a lot of um a lot of big brands have like toxic ingredients in in their products so i feel everything needs to start from the whole um life cycle of beauty products you know from where they're sourcing the ingredients what kind of ingredients they're sourcing and um, the manufacturing process you know greenhouse gas emissions all that they need to try and minimize those um from then the packaging and then you know pumps that are on every product we pretty much own have had a big issue of not even being recyclable so if you think you're doing a good deed like oh i'm recycling it it's fine no it actually can't even break be broken down if we tried um so you know it's just all these different verticals that businesses really need to stop and think and look at it in that like holistic approach of how do we start to minimize across all these areas like great we're using recycling packaging when we're delivering kill cool, spot on we're doing well there because you know you used to get products that had so much unnecessary packaging i don't know if you ever got that but i would get things and i would be angry that the box was way too big that i was then filled with lots of um you know non-biodegradable wrapping so that one i feel is really kind of pioneering and leading change for businesses but i think it needs to be broken down to like the start of the journey you know what are the kind of ingredients that we are sourcing what are we putting in our products because the way we're sourcing them again you know that's having a negative impact but also like as consumers the minute we wash anything down our drains that is just toxins going into the environment and we don't even think about that well i mean i i definitely didn't have any thought behind me washing my face in the morning as to the impact it had um, so i think it's just for, for companies, it's looking at their whole journey and seeing what can they do immediately to get those quick wins of um, reducing their their impact. But as well, you know, being kind of thought leaders and going forward and taking that further than just trying to satisfy a quota, actually, you know, changing the way their, their business is run, essentially. 
I completely agree with you. I'm, it's funny that you bring up the packaging because that was something that kind of led me to start looking at sustainable changes and things that I could do because it was a discussion that I had with Charlotte one day and it just went, I can't take all this packaging. It's driving me mad. I think one point that I wanted to raise with you, what is so important is the fact that you guys could be doing all the great things and putting stuff out in recyclable packaging and biodegradable and all of the good stuff. It's then we need to make sure that as a society, that our government, I think now need to be putting in measures to make it easy for people to recycle. And I think that's oh, the 100% that it should be mandated because you look at a lot of Scandinavian countries where it is part of the culture to be mindful, to look at the, the, the area around you, to recycle, to to take care of your, your environment. And we aren't like that. So I think no. where I live, we've got massive recycling bins, but you're looking at half the time. And if the main bins full, people put their stuff in the recycling bin. I'm just like, my heart, I can't cope with you. <laughs> I, I think even I think in the Scandinavian countries it's something like they get they have to pay for putting out trash so like uh, just normal rubbish so it's cheaper for them to recycle so it encourages you to do it and like that like in London we have two bins and I mean even the recycling bin like recycling is so not one bin <laughs> Like, you know, there's so many different components to the, like what we're consuming. We need more bins than just, this is a recycling bin. Cause you know, glass and plastic and cans, they're so different and they're broken down so differently. It, there's just so much that goes into it. And we think that just by going, oh, look, we separated them, that's it. Not to even mention the fact that when recycling first came in in the UK, like started to become a big thing, that they were still putting everything in the same like landfill area. I was just like, oh, come on guys, separate yeah. them. But um, so let's talk about the sustainability mission of Viable. Um, you guys are aiming to be carbon positive and are partnering with Ecology. Could you explain a little bit more about the partnership and what that entails? Yes, so at the moment um, we plan a tree with Ecology for every order um, that is placed on our site. We know this is just like right now minimum what we can do. Um, the plan is to really, as we grow, um, invest you know profits in the great the great projects that they have going on you know they're all about restoring preserving and um, clean energy getting clean water to different communities so we are really like that's the way that we want to become um, carbon positive is to be investing in you know people in causes and things that are really important to us and important to this kind of initiative that we're all trying to trying to bring forward so um at the moment the planting the trees is just the minimum and um, i think it's really important to be aware like you know it's, it's, it's actually harder for smaller brands to do stuff from a from a cost perspective so if you do see any sustainable small brands out there doing like revolutionary things you should be giving them an extra bonus because that is that is nominal um, so for us, yeah, we're we're starting small, but the plan is, I think, um, in everything that we do and every decision we make, it's all about that. Like, how can we give back? How can we be carbon positive? Um, where where needs help, and how can we invest in that in the right way? And I think it's like, you know, as well, 
it's funny I read I think I read a a report about you know consumers nowadays and it's like we're more likely to purchase something if we think we're doing something good which I love because it does just kind of sum us up everything we do every act of kindness or every good deed that we do we we enjoy it because it makes us feel good so that's why we're doing it you can have all the good intentions in the world but it makes you feel really good so that's why you do it and do you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. And like, we want to give that to our customers. Like, why not feel good? Like, why not know when you're applying your moisturizer that everything that's made up into that product, the way you've bought it, the way it's been delivered, the packaging, the the ingredients, the way it's going to be recycled, like, and you've, and you've planted a tree. You know what? Feel great. Like, have a little skip in your step today. Talking about the beauty industry, you guys are doing great things and it's good to see that you're headed in that kind of carbon positive um, direction. But currently, I think that the beauty industry is kind of working at a reduced carbon kind of status rather than neutral or positive. What do you think it will take for the beauty industry to become carbon positive? Yeah, I think it's really interesting, isn't it? You know, the the phrase we hear is reduce, reuse, recycle. And I think um, that's a start, but it isn't enough to, to kind of close the gap we need to close. Um, for for me, I do, I think big beauty brands, um, like it's amazing the sustainable space and the brands are emerging. But I think, as you said earlier, you touched upon, you know, like, we should be demanding more from our government. I think like larger brands are really in a position to to be doing things like this. And in, in a way they should be leading it. Cause as I said, like, you know, I'm um, costing and markup for smaller brands to get off and uh, off their feet and things like that. I think, um, you know, L'Oreal would be in such a great position if they turned around and suddenly said, nope, that's it. We need to have an expectation for everyone and we need to set the bar and people need to meet that um i think as well technology is like a very important thing in it like i've actually my my role has been in tech predominantly software and things like that but um you know it's amazing technology what it can do and i think there's there's lots around that and it is it's just getting the right companies investing in it and Uh using it and trying to change change their ways i mean i think there's something called like carbon capturing where we take um, CO2 emissions and then put them into the soil. And it's just, you know, things like that. And this could be a massive industry. It could be leading to hundreds of jobs. Um, and we're just, we don't really have someone that has a big enough voice already um, pioneering this. Like the sustainable community is amazing. And it's so many collective individuals with great ideas and thought leadership. And it's just like really a great thing to be part of. Um, but I think we need to have higher expectations on, on brands. And I think as consumers as well, we probably are a little bit responsible without the giving anyone the guilt or the preaching. But, you know, like for me, um, I, I honestly, like before I started Viable, I really didn't give it a thought, if I'm being completely honest. I would not, I would say I recycled, but I would not say I was living a carbon reduced life, let alone positive. Um, and I think, you know, now I've been reading up and I have more knowledge and like transparency is a really big thing, isn't it? As to like understanding what what you are consuming. Um, and, you know, things, things you might need to pay more for them because it means that then it's a sustainable life cycle. Like you'll know from fashion. Definitely. 
brand selling stuff at like 50p like there's no way that's ethical because that has to be made by someone <laughs> please don't get me started <laughs> that's, not- that's your trigger it's really funny like the more like as like like you years ago I wouldn't have given this stuff a second thought but the more I think about it the more I'm learning the more I'm constantly in outrage like in a state of constant outrage that's the only way to describe it whenever I see something and I think you've got these brands selling stuff for like five pounds or 1.99 and I'm just like oh my god who are you paying with that how are you paying anyone how can people afford to live off of those wages and I know that these these brands that do sell at these prices are ordering in the hundreds of thousands in terms of order quantities but still they're getting a reduced rate and it's just it's when you think about it, it just makes you realise you need to pay more yeah. in in order for everyone, <laughs> everyone to earn a decent living and a decent salary. And it works across every industry. A hundred percent. And you know, we we all love a bargain, don't we? And that's what it that's why these industries and companies have been so successful because they they've all been competing with each other so much. You know, I work I worked, as I said, with retailers and like the discounting and in peak in November was just gone. It gone mad. It was like everyone lost their minds. And it's hard then for smaller businesses to compete. And this year was so lovely to see lots of brands being like, no, we're not doing a sale because that's not sustainable and we're not encouraging it. And you know what? You can take it or leave it. And I think right now we're probably in this the phase where um it's still very much a a new topic and many people will leave it but I just hope that as a society you know if we kind of put pressure on companies they will change and like it will have a massive impact and I think it's so easy isn't it for people to think like oh well what's me one person gonna do but I think if one like if everyone did something one thing that would have a massive impact so yeah I think it's it's, it's lots of things, but I think companies really need to be just looking as to not just, as I said, meeting that quota, but going above and beyond and giving back and looking into initiatives that they can do to drive, like the economy, you know, a lot of a lot of that would come with it if, if they, you know, built, brought out new technology or invested in different causes, then it would actually build our economy up as well. So there's so many positives to it. But I think um, people are stuck in their old ways, aren't they? And they've not had the pressure to, to act on it. And, and I think the more noise we can make in this, in this sector, then the better. And it will. It will lead to like better products in the end for us all. So win-win. Thanks so much to my guest today. I've linked the full interview in the show notes if you want to have a watch. Please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Sustainably Influenced. Season five of Sustainably Influenced is available to listen now on all good podcast platforms. Thank you so much for listening.